Is Toyota corporate giving the dealers everything that they need from information, from resources, etc., to conduct this uh, fix so that they can achieve the three goals of a recall, protect the public, protect the brand, and uh, close it out as soon as possible. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today. I'm Craig Williams from a very sunny Southern California, finally. Rub it in, Craig. This is Bob Ambrogi from Massachusetts, where the snow is beginning to fall. We thought we were immune this week, but we're getting it now. Uh, I write a blog called Law Sites, another blog called Media Law. How about you, Craig? Uh, snow? What's snow, Bob? Um, <laughs> you remember. I know you're from Massachusetts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court and have a book out called How to Get Sued. Bob, we should thank our sponsors as well, SunTrust, who offers private wealth management solutions for attorneys and legal firms at suntrust.com forward slash law, and Clio, which is a web-based practice management software for lawyers at goclio.com. Craig, this week... Uh, Car giant Toyota ordered a global recall of 400,000 Priuses for brake problems. That recall came on the heels of uh, earlier incidents where reported in which uh, gas pedal problems were reported, accelerator pedals were reported uh, being coming stuck in floor mats in different makes and models. Uh, the total number of vehicles Toyota has had to recall for gas pedal related issues. Uh, now comes to 8.1 million vehicles worldwide, I believe, uh, leaving the safety of customers uh, in question and the reputation of Toyota up in the air right now. Well, we've also heard, Bob, that uh, Honda has recalled some vehicles as of today. So there are a number of legal issues that we're going to be looking at here and what kind of impact a recall has. Today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to look at the Toyota recall, perhaps the Honda recall, the legal troubles that surround these recalls and how they will impact customers, ultimately Toyota and Honda. We did reach out to Toyota to be on today's show, but they declined our request and the Honda information came too recently to uh, extend an invitation to them. Uh, Well, joining us today to discuss these issues are two guests. Uh, First of all is Attorney D. Miles from the Montgomery Alabama office of the law firm Beasley Allen. D. joined that firm in 1991 and uh, has been uh, a leader in consumer fraud and commercial litigation nationwide. Uh, He has uh, helped uh, bring about uh, a number of record-setting verdicts for the firm and for clients uh, in a number of areas of the law. He, uh, in addition to representing clients in litigation, he manages the firm's consumer fraud commercial litigation section, and he's currently involved in the class action suit uh, against Toyota. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Attorney D. Miles. Thank you. Great to be here with you. And Bob, our next guest is Mike Rosenbazer. He's the Director of Recalls for Expert Recall. Mike is responsible for all aspects of recall service offerings, including development of strategic recall business initiatives, product enhancements, pricing and contracts, and marketing. Prior to joining Expert Recall, he held various management positions at Guidant Corporation, which is now Boston Scientific, and Deloitte in the strategic consulting practice. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Mike. Thanks. Glad to be here. 
Well, let's start off the show with kind of discussing the current recall issues. We've got uh, Toyota gas pedals. We've got Toyota brakes. We've got some other problems with Honda. What's what's going on here, guys? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think with the Toyota, this is D-Miles, the Toyota situation, um, you know, the, the, the unintended acceleration issue is the biggest problem I think that Toyota is dealing with right now. As you've seen in the last few days, we've seen the Prius brake problem. But the unintended acceleration is a serious problem, and, and the reason it's so serious is because I don't think that the American public, or just the worldwide public for that matter, knows exactly what the cause of this problem is. And as we've seen in, in some of these cases in the past and the behavior that we're seeing right now with Toyota, it indicates that it's a more serious problem that's not being acknowledged publicly, and I think that's where we're going to end up on that issue. I'm not sure on the brake issue um, where we're going to end up because I'm not, I don't think we know enough about that yet um, on the Prius situation. I do know today they recalled not only the Prius but also the Lexus and, and the Camry as well on the brakes and the ABS system. So this is a new problem for them. And I don't know about Honda. Uh, we just learned about Honda today too as well. D, D what is happening uh, in the legal arena uh, we said in your introduction that you're involved in a class action. Tell us more about what the response has been to these recalls uh, uh, in court filings. Okay. The, um, my firm and, and several firms around the country have filed a class action in the Southern District of Florida, basically the Miami Federal Court. And that uh, class action involves diminished value. Um, we're just simply um, filing a class for the uh, about 8 million uh, car owners who have bought these cars. They either can't drive them, can't get them fixed, and certainly can't sell them. And so they've had a diminished value, which has already been acknowledged by the Kelly Blue Book, as well as Consumer Reports. And so that, that class is really purely an economic class. That's the one that we're involved in. There's a bunch of individual lawsuits that our firm is involved in involving serious injury and wrongful death with the unintended accelerator issue. But there's other class actions uh, filed throughout the country involving the recall and involving the electronic systems and involving the, you know, the removal of the, the mats from the car and things of that nature. But the, the, the case that we're primarily involved with as a firm is just the diminished value, the economic aspect of it. But I believe there's about 20 class action lawsuits filed throughout the country, starting in California all the way to the East Coast. Mike, your firm is uh, expert recall. Tell us how your firm uh, gets involved in the recall process. Sure. Um, recalls, no doubt, are complex. Um, and with any recall, there's there's three goals that, that we work with manufacturers and retailers to work through um, when a recall hits. Number one, first and foremost, is protect the public. It's got to be that, that thought of safety first. Number two is to protect the brand. And number three, last but not least, is to try and close it out as soon as possible. We work with, uh, with manufacturers when they're faced with the recall to help put a plan in place to achieve those goals, to remove the affected product from the marketplace, to assist in notifying the affected population, to creating avenues for response, be that via call center or um, uh, web-based uh, tools. And then most importantly, once the remedy has been identified, the fix, if you will, to the, uh, to the affected product, working with the manufacturer to help implement that 
whether that's getting the product off the shelf and sent back to our facility, getting new product out there. In the automotive ones that we're talking about right now, more often than not, the fix involves a repair. So we'll, get, we'll help them uh, set up systems and processes in place to schedule those, ensure that they occur in a timely fashion. And then of most importance is gathering all the data as this, as this whole process occurs that they can go report back to the government agency, in this case, which would be NHTSA. And are you involved in this particular case with Toyota? We do not comment on uh, on clients uh, due to confidentiality. Can you uh, comment on uh, what Toyota has done uh, so far? I mean, is it is it uh, going by uh, what you'd recommend in terms of the procedures that should be followed in a case such as this? Yeah, this is this is a, an interesting situation. I think, and as D kind of indicated, and you mentioned in the intro, one that continues to grow. And actually, the recent Honda one that was announced was an expansion of an older recall. So, um, for Toyota, certainly it's been a challenging situation. Um, I think um, probably up until recently, the, the level of communication that occurred probably wasn't near what it needed to be. More recently, we're seeing that improve with some of the. Um, the procedures and tasks that they've put in place. Um, there's no doubt that they're at a point right now where they need to over-communicate to the public, to their customers, and to the dealers. I mean, the dealers right now are, are a critical player in this. They're the face of the company to the affected drivers. They need to make sure that the dealers have all the facts and tools to conduct the fix timely and effectively and ensure that there are no surprises. Indeed, Toyota has made some very high-quality cars for decades, and they've got an excellent reputation for safety. Uh, American consumers have bought Toyotas. Is this, uh, is this something that we're seeing? Uh, what's, what's the cause of this? Is this just, just a glitch, uh, an occasional mistake that gets made, or is this a systemic problem? Well, you know, I think we don't know the answer to that yet, but it appears that it's a systemic problem. I, I, I think what we're going to find out is that in the brains of the car, you know, these cars are far more sophisticated now than they've ever been, and they all have these computer brains inside the, the, the vehicle itself, and these con- computer brains control the accelerator, they control the brake system, they control everything. Um, and I think this is the problem that we're seeing with this unintended acceleration, is it's going to be in the brains of the car, it's going to be some sort of electronic sensor, perhaps even a software correction, and I think that's why they don't know exactly what the problem is currently. Or they know exactly what the problem is currently, and it's going to be too costly to repair, and they don't really know their way out of it. I don't know the answer to that, and oddly, I don't think Toyota knows the answer to that. Uh, but I know one thing, uh, government, our government, NHTSA, is, is looking after this. It is trying to make sure that these Toyota cars are repaired, and I think they're on to them, and they have been for some time. It appears that this has been a problem with NHTSA as far back as 2004, uh, and even State Farm Insurance Company had written uh, a letter to NHTSA telling them about this problem. So uh, I think the answer is exactly what you stated. I think it's a problem that we're going to see uh, probably come out in the evidence in some lawsuit uh, that's filed by, by you know, one of these 20 that's filed out, out here and, and find the answer to that question. But right now, I don't think we know. Mike, we've seen some recalls from Toyota and uh, presumably some coming from Honda. Uh, these are obviously foreign uh, automakers. Are we under any American automaker recalls right now, or do we expect any to be seen in the future? You know, I, I don't, I don't know of any, Craig. Is that uh, probably better for you to answer? Yeah, I was going to say, and, and interesting enough, as you mentioned, the uh, the government agencies. I mean, five to ten recalls happen a day 
five to ten a day. We don't read about all of them in the news or necessarily hear about them. It's normally the ones that are of the kind of size and scale that we're discussing today that hit the news and make the public aware. But there are a lot that are happening. So, um, yes, companies will face some occasional quality issues. Um, how they react, how they communicate, how they manage their key constituents becomes the true challenge um, in, in relevance to how they work their way out of it. And I think, as, as Dee indicated, when you, when you think about uh, NHTSA's role in this as the agency to, with their primary goal of, of protecting the public, um, reviewing that information, analyzing it, ensuring that Toyota does all the right things to bring this to closure is, is, is certainly uh, extremely important. Um, with regard to the American automakers, yeah, certainly we're, we've seen recall across the board from um, from the American ones as well. Um, will that continue? I think you'd have to think that with some of the shifts that have occurred in Washington and the focus on safety um, and the way that they've beefed up resources in all the agencies, the FDA, the CPSC for consumer products, and, and NHTSA for automotive, we would see that level of oversight occur. And, and I think, uh, Dee, you made an interesting point, too, with regard to the complexity of the components within the cars um, to achieve uh, the right level of quality. Um, occasionally, you may have some situations where they need to pull some of the products back. The, just a, a, f- a footnote there is there is a, a government website called recalls.gov uh, that lists all the product recalls uh, through all the federal agencies and uh, there are there are no no shortage of automobile recalls listed there but Mike I wanted to ask when, when the uh, it seems that a manufacturer must walk a fine line between uh, knowing when to uh, when to initiate a recall or when or, you know when when those issue is that severe uh, and and when not wanting to uh, uh, alarm consumers or or, uh, unduly uh, denigrate their own product, how how does a manufacturer know when to kind of pull the fire alarm in a situation like this? Yeah, that's a great question. really falls back to their own quality and regulatory group as they review any any data that comes in and any trending that occurs. What we often work with them on and encourage them to, to do is always be prepared. Don't wait to be uh, put a recall plan in place and or test it when it's um, when the when you actually do ring the bell as you discussed. Uh, have you thought through how you can track the data when you have an, an affected lot or affected uh, product line, how you'd go about communicating with your, your intermediaries within the supply chain, in this case would be your dealers, and then eventually the end consumers, and, and how quickly you can implement a fix. Well, Dee, we've seen and heard about a number of uh, deaths and injuries and so forth that are alleged to have related to this accelerator that sticks. Um, obviously, the easy solution is, you know, put your car in neutral and step on the brake. Um, for cars that have brake problems, you know, pull up on the emergency brake or shift your car into neutral. Um, there are all alternatives. At what point in time do Americans have to take responsibility for learning how to drive a car and going to driver's ed? I mean, some of these things are preventable. And how is it that we can attach blame to an automobile manufacturer for something we have control over? Well, that's a good question, but uh, I think it's got sort of two answers. Um, the first thing is, is that, you know, these cars, as, as someone alluded to earlier, and I think it might have been you, Craig, that these um, cars and Toyota have been uh, sort of selling their product on the basis of safety and targeting these things toward families. And and, uh, and, and Lord knows there are a number of these cars on the road. I think they're the highest selling, um, or the number one automobile producer in the world right now. And uh, you go down the road and, you, and you'll see two or three around your car when you're driving on the highway. So they they have you know marketed this car for safety. So there is certainly a consumer expectation that when they 
purchased this car, that it has gone through all the necessary tests, and that it is a safe vehicle, number one. But secondly, um, you know, the responsibility of the driver and could they put it in neutral and, and could they, you know, somehow use the brakes or the emergency brake, all of those things obviously will be asked of, of anybody who had a problem, um, assuming that they survive a crash. But what I'm understanding is, is from some of these victims, is that they were in the car, basically trapped. The accelerator is completely uh, depressed, uh, or at least electronically depressed. There was nothing they could do. It would not go into a gear, because most of these gears now on these cars are electronic, uh, controlled by the brains of the car. Uh, the brake system is not adequate enough to stop a car at 110 miles an hour while it's still accelerating. And I don't think they had any choice in some of these um, incidents. Now, you know, if the car just lunges while you're trying to park it, that might be a little bit different situation, but nonetheless, a car out of control. And so I, I think that in a situation where the car is inherently unsafe, it has this defect, you're not expecting it, I'm not real sure that there is a whole lot of responsibility on the consumer at that point. Well, certainly not with an expectation that the car has been safe and has been tested. The lawsuit that you're involved in, D, uh, as you said, involves a diminution in, in resale value on these cars. Uh, what are the what what is the basis for that uh, legally? What are you asking for in damages, and what kind of class are you representing? Well, we've, we it, the class that we're representing is. I think we have a number now of six and a half million, which is, I think, American Toyota automobile owners who have purchased uh, an automobile that fell within the recall uh, guidelines or, or will eventually fall into the recall guidelines because I don't think they've captured all of the what we believe are the defective vehicles. And it, it tends to represent those people's uh, financial interests because they cannot sell their cars. Some of them can't drive their cars or won't drive their cars. Some of them can't fix their cars. Uh, we've had reports of people trying to take their automobiles to the Toyota dealership, and they're unable to get the car fixed because the dealership doesn't have the part. Uh, they've told a couple of people have told us they've been told to come back in six weeks. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear what Mike's comment is on this and on the success of the recall because it, to me this recall seems like a disaster. You know, they've made these public statements and they don't have the the means of which to fix the the automobiles. So anyway, our class is designed to to give these people some relief in the event that these cars can't be sold, and the only way to uh, evaluate that is through a diminished value analysis, which is an acceptable means in, in most uh, car accident cases or, or injury cases. And you know, we've already seen the Kelly Blue Book. Uh, I think as of uh, yesterday, they have dropped dropped the resale values of recalled Toyotas. Uh, for the second time in four days, and saying that there's as much as a four percent uh, of the total cost of the or value of the car now has been depreciated because of these recalls, and it's about three hundred to seven hundred and fifty dollars a vehicle. And we've seen the same thing from Consumer Reports, and so the class is designed to give them some sort of economic relief in the event these automobiles can't be repaired. Mike, what what should the current owners of Toyota uh, cars that are subject to the recall be doing? Should they not be driving the car? Uh, should they just simply drive it to the nearest uh, Toyota dealership? What what's the recommendation here? Yeah, I think uh, you know first and foremost, uh, it's got to be focused on safety. So um, ensure whether or not your car is affected by going to the website or the other means in which they've communicated where the which cars are impacted by the current recall, and then follow the guidelines assigned there. Uh, but back to your comment, D about you know some of the things they're trying to do to help 
deal with the remedy. You hit it right on the head. They've got to do everything possible to get the remedy and the fix conducted in, a, in an effective and efficient manner. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm only going off of some of the things I've been reading, but there are some dealers out there offering 24-7 repair hours. Um, they're conducting outbound calls for scheduling where people are actually getting the calls themselves because the dealership and or Toyota have identified them as an affected part of this recall and, and trying to, um, you know, schedule the, uh, the repairs appropriately. I've heard instances where people are going in to have the fix done, and because the wait is so long, they're offering them rental cars overnight so that they're not as inconvenienced. Um, that's a critical part as Toyota tries to manage through this to conduct it effectively. Um, time will tell. I mean, it's going to take some time, obviously, to get through this to look back and you know give them some kind of grade on, on how it played out. But uh, right now, a critical part of this is the dealers, um, and as they try to you know lean on that loyal customer base that they've had for so long um, and try to salvage some of that um, in the midst of some of the things decided, like the the value of the cars in the marketplace going down and, and the continual exposure in the media. Well, gentlemen, we need to take a short break. When we return, we'll talk more about the recall and the future of Toyota. Has the recent economic climate affected the financial goals of your firm? Get back on track with help from SunTrust. Our private wealth management legal specialty group works solely with lawyers and their firms to deliver unique solutions designed for the legal community. SunTrust advisors give you sound guidance on everything from maximizing cash flow and waiting through benefits planning to understanding how to retain attorneys and staff. Learn more at www.suntrust.com legal. SunTrust. Live solid. Bank solid. SunTrust Bank. Member FDIC. Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code L2L for a 25% discount. Coming soon, you can listen to Legal Talk Network shows and get CLE credit at West Legal Ed Center. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're back with uh, Attorney D. Miles from the law firm Beasley Allen and Mike Rosenbacher, uh, Director of Recalls for Expert Recall. Uh, D. If, if I heard you correctly earlier, you were suggesting that there had been uh, complaints of incidents involving these cars filed with the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration uh, going back a number of years. Uh, is is there any uh, reason to believe that Toyota uh, attempted to uh, keep a lid on this problem or attempted to uh, uh, cover it up? Or do you think Toyota was forthright in, in addressing it? I do not think they were forthright in addressing it. I, I think that, uh, the, that NHTSA brought this to their attention. Um, I know for a fact that that was the, uh, at least uh, an example of that was in 2004 because the company was working directly with NHTSA on a number of incidents where this unintended acceleration had occurred. Uh, Most of those incidents were only uh, like a few seconds while the car was driving, Uh, but they did know about it. And then in 2007, NHTSA opened a formal investigation into the Camry 
because there was a crash that ultimately led to the first recall of the vehicles. And and so I don't think that they've been forthright. I, and, and I think the reason is, and I, I, we don't know this for, for a fact yet, but I think the reason is going to be that they believe it is a costly, you know, within the brains or within the electronic system of the car, too costly to recall and to repair. And that for that reason, they're trying to find these alternative means. And the, and the conduct we've seen seems to indicate that there's a there's a problem that they don't want to admit. We started off with floor mats. Well, that that clearly wasn't the problem. They've even acknowledged that wasn't the problem. Now we're moving to the pedal. Is is the pedal the problem? The gas actual gas pedal, the fuel pedal. I don't think that's going to be a fix on this automobile. I think eventually we're going to find out it's in the brains of the car. Mike, this is a, a little bit of a black eye for Toyota. What, sh- what are they doing or what should they be doing uh, or what do companies actually do? I understand you're not going to comment on Toyota, but what do companies do to, to regain consumer confidence after this kind of a problem? Yeah, there, there's a no doubt, and actually specifically for Toyota, um, as we said before, recalls are very complex, and, and the current events for Toyota have even made it made it even more complicated for them. Um, the story's not over, in my mind. There are a few chapters left to be written, and Toyota needs to write them or someone else will. They've got to, as we mentioned before, over-communicate um, not only what what issues are out there, but what the remedy is, but also how it's tracking in terms of the repairs that are being conducted. Um, we've obviously all heard that they've halted production, and this is their, their top priority, as it should be. Um, historically, they've got a strong base of loyal customers, and that certainly helps when it comes to a situation like this. Um, a critical part right now is with the dealerships, um, and is the is Toyota corporate giving the dealers everything that they need from information, from resources, et cetera, to conduct this uh, fix so that they can achieve the three goals of a recall, protect the public, protect the brand, and uh, close it out as soon as possible. Do you, should every Toyota out there, owner out there who has a, a recalled vehicle be talking to a lawyer at this point, or are, are there only certain people uh, who should be considering uh, legal recourses? And if so, who are they? Well, I, I think that uh, anyone who has a Toyota, number one, and it's been recalled, needs to try to take it in and get it fixed. I think they need to do any, everything they can to, to remedy the problem. And if the problem still exists, certainly they would be entitled to some remedy in a court of law if Toyota is not going to provide them with a remedy. What are the, what's the impact of Lemon Laws on, on these types of cases? Well, you know, the Lemon Law, they're different in every state, but typically you have to write the, the company and tell them what the problem is before the and then they don't adequately fix the problem before you actually have a case. In this case, we're beyond that. I mean, there's plenty of people who have written it, but the Lemon Law seems to be too much of an individualized claim to be able to class, and so that's one of the reasons that we didn't bring it as a class action. I still think the Lemon Law would apply, uh, assuming that we get to a point where the cars really can't be repaired, um, assuming that it's also in the brains of the vehicle. So, Mike, do you expect American car manufacturers to be stepping out there and saying, you know, our cars are safe, come by ours, or uh, is that a double-edged sword? Yeah, I think you hit, you hit, it, hit it on the head there at the end. It is, it is a bit of a double-edged sword. I think um, we've seen pockets in the marketplace where um, they may directly or indirectly be hoping to gain some advantage from a competitive perspective. Um, but as we mentioned before, and, and you guys confirmed, um, recalls happen across the board. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they've got to do what they think is right to sell the value of their current vehicle. Will you have some consumers who switch from Toyota? Absolutely. I think that that goes without saying. Um, Time will tell how much of a how much of an impact it has on to Toyota. What could be the long term impacts on Toyota, though, Mike? I mean, do you do you do you think that I, we know that we saw Toyota's uh, 
president, I believe his title was, uh, uh, come out last week and and apologize uh, uh, profusely to the press. Uh, you know, is Toyota done enough here uh, from a public relations point of view, if not from a legal point of view? Yeah, I think, um, and unfortunately for Toyota, it's it's continued and it's grown, right? So it's not like it happened once, they responded and it moves on. So I think we've got to give them a little bit more time. As we talked about earlier, um, their level of communication probably fell a little bit short in the early stages of this. More recently, with the president coming forward and making having two press conferences now talking to it, certainly that helps. They ran a, a flurry of ads before the Super Bowl and are continuing to do that this week um, to get to try and get in front of it and control it. Um, and now it really is a matter of they've got to stay in front of it. They've got to over-communicate. They've got to try to control the story. And again, I can't stress it enough, focus on um, conducting the recall now and, and you know executing on the recall um, as effectively as possible and keeping that front of mind and putting that back out to the to the uh, to the public you know with regard to the brand and customer trust and loyalty in my mind it's, it's up to Toyota at this point if it plays out as, as a speed bump or, or it's a deep pothole that knocks the tires off the brand um, they've identified the the issue they've identified the remedy now they've got to go out and execute on it and make sure that their customers are handled appropriately that they have that constant and consistent communication with their dealers so there's no surprises and they keep their employees and, and most importantly the agency um up to date on, on what's occurring. You know, we, we know that Toyota's uh, luxury brand is Lexus, and I really haven't heard any uh, complaints about any of the Lexus or any recalls deleted or referring to the Lexus vehicle. Uh, anybody have any knowledge said about earlier that? There was a Lexus recall today or, or yesterday, I think. Yeah, there was a recall on the, on the HS250. I think right. it, was it was on the model, right? ABS system. But look, if this, uh, if this uh, electronic... Uh, the system, this uh, brains of the car issue uh, comes to head, I guess we're going to find it in the Lexus as well. Right. Well, gentlemen, we've got about uh, just a couple of minutes left here in the end of our program. So at this point, we'd like to ask you to get your final thoughts as well as your contact information so our listeners can reach out to you if they'd like to. So, Mike, let's start with you. I think, you know, as we've talked about, um, recalls are complex. Um, Toyota has a tremendously complex situation on their hands right now. Um, the story's not over. They, they can help define how this one will end, um, but they've got to continue to be in front of it, to over-communicate, and to really focus on executing the fix, staying focused on that, and uh, executing how the, uh, the recall will play out, and continuing to keep... Uh, the broad public, the agency, most importantly, and their own internal employees and dealers um, up to date on how that's progressing. Um, they've got a long history of a loyal customer base and a long history of, of, of quality. Um, no doubt this is a misstep. Uh, this is a, a bit of a setback. Um, can they recover? Well, you know, his, history is going to tell us that as, uh, as time plays out. And your contact information? Yes. Um, my name is Mike Rosenbacher. My uh, phone number is 317 294 one eight eight three, and my email is m r o z e m b a j g i e r at stericycle, which is s t e r i c y c l e dot com. And D. Well, I'm, I guess in closing, I'd just like to say, stay tuned. I think the 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 list of recalls is not over, and I think, as someone mentioned earlier, we may see even the luxury automobiles of Lexus come into play here 
And, you know, I, I just think that uh, we haven't seen the, the, this chapter of, of just identifying the vehicles is not closed yet, and there'll be more to come. Um, you know, my partner, Graham Esdale, is also working on the serious injury and death cases. And if anyone needs to contact our law firm, the easiest way probably to contact us is by our website, which is just BeasleyAllen.com. And it's just, that's B-E-A-S-L-E-Y-A-L-L-E-N.com. And uh, all of the lawyers are listed on our website. We also have a um, portion of our website where you can make comments and get in contact with us. We'll be happy to help anyone who has a question or need some help with a, either a Toyota problem or any problem. I'll just also add that we've also uh, have a website. If that's a good idea, D. It's www.expertrecall.com. Yeah, and for those people who may not have a computer, <laughs> you can reach the Beasley Allen Law Firm by 1-800 number, which is 1-800-898-2034. Well, thanks to both of you for participating in today's program. This was an interesting discussion. We appreciate your taking the time to share your thoughts with us. Thank you. I'm glad you asked me to be on here. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Bob, that does it for this week's Lawyer to Lawyer. For our listeners, remember, you can check out all of our Lawyer to Lawyer shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Uh, and a reminder that our programs are also in the uh, podcast library on iTunes, uh, as well as uh, on the Legal Talk Network. Uh, Craig, I look forward to talking to you again next week. We will see you then. And when you want another legal topic, think Lawyer to Lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with Robert Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.